Hello and welcome to another edition of Community Conversations. My name is Jim Storer. I'm the founder of the Community Roundtable, and I'm joined today by my capable co-host, Shannon Abram. Shannon? Hi, Jim. We are super excited to be recording another episode of Community Conversations today. We have a brand new guest, and we're very excited to talk to Tim Bamber. Hi, Tim. Hiya. How you doing? I'm good. Tim, so this is exciting. Jim and I are located in the United States, and Tim is located in the UK, which is very exciting. So like a transatlantic situation happening today. Tim, could you tell us a little bit about where you work and the kind of community you work with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I work for the Football Association in England, and they basically govern and look after football, or soccer, as you might call it over in the States. And the community that I to manage is the England football community and that basically looks after anyone or helps to support anyone with an interest in the game and those working in the game so it could be anyone such as a coach a referee running a club running a league or a volunteer or just someone who likes football so yeah amazing so all things football I've got to imagine you've got some pretty passionate community members Yes. Yeah. I think football is one of those sports. It's pretty popular, especially over in in England. So yeah, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it, uh, which is great. And a lot of people are very passionate about it as well. So you often find a lot of people are pushing themselves to try and get better and uh, learn from each other. So it it makes uh, a laser good foundation, should we put it, for a community to take place, I guess, or, or to build. I think it's a good thing that you've got a passionate fan base. Uh, a lot of folks that are running communities are trying to build that that engagement and that passion. So having it at the get-go probably is a good thing, although it may spill over into some challenging situations for you as a, as a community manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whilst it's a very popular sport and you've got a lot of passionate people, I'm certainly under no illusion that building a community is going to be easy. Building community is very difficult. We're still very young in the community growth cycle, I guess. We're still building, we're still learning. Engagement certainly could be higher. We are finding we're getting engagement, but relative to the amount of people that like football or are involved in football, it is probably quite low. Well, it is, it is low at the moment, which is it's just where we're on the journey. But it's also exciting to see where we can go with it. So, yeah, it's uh, an exciting challenge, I guess, is the best way to put it. Amazing. So you said you're relatively young. Tell us about how long you've been up and running and if you can share a little bit about the technology platform you're using with this community. Yeah, no problem. So we we had a, a community running a couple of years ago and, and we, we've actually changed platforms about a couple of years ago. So it was December 2020 when we migrated to Verant Solution Intelligent. So we deployed that, migrated across and we also work with a company called Three Sides who helps support support us on a, on a SaaS model. So, yeah, we've worked closely with Verant and Three Sides to, to build what is now the England football community and use various integrations, various solutions along the way. Uh, and I imagine there'll be plenty more to come as well. It's a, it's a powerful product, something we're grateful, excited to use. <laughs> Again, I use the word excited a lot, but it, it's true, you know, excited to see where it, we, we can take the platform with them. In, in our context, I guess. About how many members do you have? Just over 55,000. 
Oh, that's a lot of people. With that many people, do you use any automated features for member management? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Part of it is quite a different model, I guess, for a community. So we have coaching courses where a coach would want to come on, learn about basics of, of coaching the game. That's all online. It's digital at the moment, especially the level one course. And we've set up an automation whereby if someone signs up to the course, they automatically get added to that course's community group. So this particular qualification I'm talking about is called the Introduction to Coaching Football, which is the, the, the level one. The reason why we've set up this automation is because of the amount of people going onto it. So we get in, a, in and around 25,000 people on this course each year. Uh, and we've set up cohort groups for, for the learners. And there's probably about four to five cohorts a month of around 500 people. So from a community admin management perspective, setting up that amount of groups, getting that amount of people on and trying to manage it is, is, is quite, a, it was quite laborious to start off with. It's certainly a different way to look at community management or, or building community. But yeah, we, we set up the automation to allow learners a, a seamless approach to getting into their groups. And just to follow on talking more about groups, is this a kind of community where members can create their own groups or, you know, do you have kind of tight controls over the the creation of new groups can you can you share a little bit more because i i can kind of imagine different ways this could go yeah at the moment we don't allow for users to create groups it's something we we would want to do in the future but we're just not in the right place at the moment in regards to that course we've also created a, a, an extra add-on with Verant, which is to help clone a group Again, for the reason being that we've got so many groups, so many learners coming on, it's a lot easier for us to clone the group that we've already created for the cohorts over and over again. So future new new cohorts can can join them. We also create other groups where there's a a need or we have a request to. That request generally comes from another department internally. In future, it's something we will look at where if we have a group of people in a football club who want their own group, then that's something we could certainly look, look at it in, in hopefully in a not too distant future. But yeah, at the moment, it's cloning and automating for that particular course, which has helped me specifically no end. <laughs> right. I've got to imagine it could be very complicated if you didn't have that cloning feature. So you mentioned, I, I think what I heard was that you launched the community in December of 2020. Is that correct? Yeah, well, we, we migrated, yeah, and it yeah. was a very, very soft launch. It was prior to our, to me being in post, actually. So I kind of came in in the January 2021 and inherited it. And then since then, we have looked at redefining and working through the strategy of the community. And we had another soft launch later that year with some UX developments. And now we're, we're looking at version two or the next iteration, I guess. So. Were these training courses before COVID, were they face-to-face or were they always online? No, they they were actually a lot more face-to-face and it was prior to COVID. It's actually to do with uh, an FA initiative. So there's been a, a general strategy in place, I guess, to move courses from being face-to-face and delivered in different counties to being housed more in-house and digitally. So we have 
about 50 county FAs in the UK, so or in England, sorry. And the courses were traditionally rolled out through the county FAs. That still is the case to some extent, but a lot of the admin, the management has been brought in-house. It's been made more digital, so less face-to-face. And there's a number of reasons, which we won't go into detail on, but it's, yeah, there's a lot of finance involved. A lot of things to do with the efficiency, I guess, of operating and managing the, the courses. So off the back of that, or in line with that, we've inherited the community or built the community. And we tried to merge the two in some respects to create a bit of a blended learning approach where we've got an LMS, we've got the course delivery, we've got e-learning, but we've also got a community there for cohort groups to chat to each other and extend that learning if, if and when they want to. That's how I thought you might answer. And it's fascinating to me that the, the communities become really a critical component to the overall model, the training model as you shift from face-to-face to to online learning, right? And so I've got to imagine that maybe that's some of the internal meetings and kind of the strategy conversations you've been having internally is how do we re-envision, you know, what this community means to the overall process? I mean, you're you're going through a lot of internal changes, it sounds like, in order to support this new way of providing and and reporting back on these training courses. So it's it's nice to hear that the community is really helping to support that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you nailed it, Jim. It's exactly the case. It's uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of conversations, a lot of things changing, not just community, but FA-wide. And it's a bit mad. It's hectic, complex, but it's going in the right direction. Yeah, it, it's a challenge. You know, you've got arguably a course at L- on an LMS, and then you've got a community, which is a separate thing. And you you're trying to merge the two, you know, and you've got other platforms such as, you know, learning experience platforms and other things out there that you could potentially pursue. But the community we feel is very powerful and it certainly helps to link not just coaches with coaches on the course, but coaches with other roles or people in other roles. So referees, people in clubs where they might not have had access to previously. And that's the one benefit, I think, of doing it this way uh, that this community has and, and, and that an intelligent tool allows us to do that you know it's so powerful so yeah it, yeah we're working through it it's not perfect by any means at the moment but you know we learn every day and, and it's we're getting great feedback on it from learners which is probably the most important thing um, for us at the moment but we are also learning from them and their experiences in a prior life i worked for a platform company that had an lms component and so that whole social learning and community kind of coming together was part and parcel of what we were were building. And so I understand the complexity. And I also wonder, you know, as you introduce new use cases, you know, whether it's, you know, having groups for fans of certain football clubs or, or what have you, it, that adds another layer. So it's just think of thinking about that as you're uh, revisiting your strategy is going to be important. And I'm, I'm yeah, taking up too much time. I'm sure Shannon probably has a question in here too. Yeah, sure. No, this is, this is super interesting. I mean, I do have another question, but I've been enjoying the conversation. So it sounds like you have a lot going on, obviously. How do you measure and report on your community back to team members or stakeholders or executives? Are there frameworks you use or reports you use? Yeah, so we use data from Google Analytics. We use data from Hotjar. We, and we use data from Intelligent Reporting itself. 
We're currently in the process of building a, a Power BI dashboard, and that is a part of a larger project again. So we're trying to link it in with all dashboards within the FA, in essence. So yeah, that's taking a lot of time. So at the moment, we do have a bit of a work around. We use Google Data Studio and even basic Excel reporting and, and function just to get the, the main stats that we want at the moment to get a picture of where we're at. But yeah, that will become more and more advanced and more layered over the coming months. And I I need to know what's next. I mean, it's it sounds like you're heavy in strategy. So I've got to imagine as a team, you're you're talking about, okay, once we get done with this this current set of priorities, what's next? Have you talked about that? Yeah, we, we have. It's a good question. We have redefined or are redefining its purpose, generally speaking, across the whole community. I think we're now at a stage because we've got so many people on it, it's grown, it's going to be quite a big beast. And I think we're we're realizing that as an organization. So it's it's next is is kind of how do we manage that more widely? How do we manage that with different departments? And, and one thing we'll certainly look to, to go after is, is like a community champion program, for example. And I'm working with the national volunteer manager to look into that, I guess, divine, defining the objectives of that, the perimeters of that. What are they going to do? When are they going to do it? How are we going to do it? Will it work for the learners or the users or the community members, whatever term you want to use? So there's, there's that aspect. We also haven't turned on any reward and recognition on the platform yet, uh, interestingly, which is something we're desperate to do. So that will obviously go hand in hand with a community champion program. And then there's various uh, other marketing aspects that we want to start to do to launch it a little bit harder, shall I say, um, and, and get some really cool promotional videos out there. Because we haven't really pushed it hugely, which is, again, quite exciting in some respects because we've had over well over a million views already, uh, which is great. And that's without a hugely big marketing campaign. So... Mm. They would be the things really pulling it back. We're, we're still we're still building. We're still looking at the, the UX and the UI of, of the platform and what it looks like, how users are using it. So that's where we're at at the moment. But yeah, they're the kind of things we, we want to go after next, for sure. I've got a quick follow-on to that because I was able to take in a, a demo of Varent's mobile solution and, and kind of mm-hmm. some of the, the neat tips and tricks that they've been They've been building behind the scenes and just wondering if your audience is, is going to be receptive to mobile and if that's something that is also on your radar. Yes, and yes, is <laughs> the answer. <laughs> it's, uh, you get it, I get it a lot. You know, we need an app, we need an app, we need, we need mobile, it needs to be easy on mobile. So yeah, 100%. And the reason why that's so relevant for us is because we're targeting or working with, I guess, football coaches, referees, and they're out on the field, they're out on the pitch, they're out in the stadium, wherever they're, you know, playing football, coaching football. More often than not, they're not going to have a laptop next to them. They're going to have their mobile in their pocket or in their kit bag. So if the, if they wanted to use the community there and then, it's there on the mobile for them to, to ask a question. But also, yeah, we feel that our audiences, from the data we gather, they generally use their mobile more to access course material, you know, our website, etc. So yeah, for sure, mobile is something we would definitely look at. That makes a lot of sense. We talk to a lot of community managers who are in similar situations where they're trying to connect with 
maybe employees that work in the field or on a factory floor. And it is really something you need to think about that if you're not spending all day sitting at your desk, you need to be able to get the community physically in their hands somehow. So it sounds like you're going about that in a really thoughtful way. We didn't prepare you for a speed round, but we love a speed round. So if you're ready, we're going to kick it off. What does that involve? (laughs) We're going to ask you quick questions and you're just going to give us the answer off the top of your head. I am very confident that you're going to do well. Okay. Okay. Are you on team dog or team cat? Team dog. Oh, that's the right answer. Good. You're with your peers then. Yeah. (laughs) I do feel like I've made a lot of enemies in the team cat world, but I can't, I am who I am. I can't help it. I do have a team, a dog sat on my feet right now. So. Oh. Amazing. He says hello. Hello. (laughs) The next one for the speed round is what are you binging? And typically we ask this around, or, you know, people are watching series or, or TV shows, right? Yes. We've just watched a TV show. It's on BBC in the UK uh, and it was called The Capture. I don't know if you have that over in the States, but it's, yeah, The Capture. And then there was another program called The Suspect. And huh. we also watch, I admit it, Home and Away in Australia quite a lot. So, yeah, that'd be the three at the moment. There's no, oh. there's no shameful answers. I'm, I'm writing that one down, the capture. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it's good. What is your, since so many people have started working from home during the last few years, do you have a work from home hack that you use to help you work more productively? That's a good question. Work from home hack. I wouldn't actually say I, I do. It's a bit of a boring answer, really. Well, it sounds like a dog is slippers is probably the best way, best answer, right? Yes. Use a dog as slippers. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've recently bought a, a big cafetiere because I like my coffee. So that would be a, it's not much of a hack. It's more of a, just a, a necessity, I guess. <laughs> well, related to that, can I ask you your favorite dessert? Favorite dessert, sticky toffee pudding. Okay. I'm going to have to look that one up because although I've watched quite a bit of the Great British Baking Show, I don't think they've made sticky toffee pudding in any of the episodes that I've watched. Have you have you not tried sticky toffee pudding, Jane? We don't really have an analog for it here, sadly. Oh, okay. Which is, I mean, it's sad, but what is your community superpower? Oh, these are good questions. Superpower. Being the only main sporting community in the in UK or the in England, maybe. Hmm, cool. And as, do you have a community inspiration, either a person or an organization or or anything? Yeah, I mean, quite a lot of the other community managers I speak to are quite inspiring, if I'm honest. Mm. And a lot of them use Verant. Yeah, I mean, just to name a few. So there's Ellen Bergdale from Macmillan. Find her inspiring. There's Raquel from Microfocus, really inspiring as well. And then Ivana from IEGT, Engineering. They're really good. And I do listen to a lot of uh, Richard Millington as well. That's wonderful. We're going to have to look those people up. I love it. So, Tim, thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. I really appreciate it. It's been a really interesting conversation. My husband actually coaches our son's football team here, soccer team. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to send him to you guys because he has no soccer background. He sort of like accidentally signed up and now he's the coach and he could use some help. So this has been very exciting personally for me. Awesome. Yeah, if you I, I, I did the same. I coached both of my daughters and, and here in the States did 
several levels of training. Those were both in person, which is what prompted my question earlier, but appreciate what you're doing for the sport. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, if there's anything we can help with, uh, please, you know, please get in touch. You know, I'm more than happy to. And uh, yeah, no, thank you ever so much for inviting me on. It's, uh, it's an honor and pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Tim. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to another episode of Community Conversations with the Community Roundtable. We'll see you next time.